Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. Hallelujah. Father, you alone are worthy of all the praise. You alone are worthy of the glory, the honor. Every good thing comes from you. We worship you this morning and we give thanks unto you for what you've done. Jesus, you're a wonderful savior. We thank you for rescuing our lives. Father, we thank you for the plan that you have for each and every person here this morning. We thank you that the word is a lamp to our feet. It's the light to our path. And Father, we've come to have that path illuminated even more. Holy Spirit, you're the great helper. You lead us and guide us into all truth. You're the wonderful counselor. We thank you for the help that you have for us this morning in the word of God. We've come to receive it by faith. We say it's our answer. The word is our answer this morning. The word is our help. And we give you thanks that we can come into a place and freely receive. Father, you have freely given all good things to us. But thank you that we can come together and just be free to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. We want to remind you that the book of the month this month is how you can be led by the Spirit of God. You can be led. You can hear from God. Say, I've never, I don't know if I've ever heard from him. Well, don't say that anymore. Uh, you say, I can hear from God. I do hear from God. I know the voice of my father and another I will not follow. You can speak your way uh, into a skill of hearing. Because when you begin to say that, then revelation will come. You're opening the door for revelation to come, more revelation to be able to hear. It, there is the skill of hearing from God. Dad Hagen helps us with that in this book. But when instead of saying, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I should, decision I should make. I don't know if I can hear from God. I don't know if I'm hearing correctly. Don't say, I don't know, I can't. I never get into what the word of God says through this book. And start saying every day, I know the voice of the Spirit and another I will not follow. Change your words. When you change your words, you change your world. You change, when you change your words, you change the way you walk. Amen. You have the power and the authority to direct your own life. Whoa, that's a little aggressive. <laughs> You have the power to control and direct your own life. Even the unbelievers, even the motivational speakers talk about that. <laughs> Don't let them. The, the thing is, they're void of the power of God to back it up. They know the principles of God, but they have no power to back it up. The world has gotten hold of the power or the, the principles of thinking, speaking, meditating. They even use the word manifesting. You can manifest your own destiny. And people go, yes. See, that's God's word. Manifestation belongs to the manifester. There's only one that can manifest. 
all good things, and that's God. But we have to cooperate with him through his word in order for that manifestation to take place. But see, even they've gotten a hold of it, they just have no power to back it up. They only have man-made principles that they've got to put everything they have into in hopes that it's going to come to pass. We're not hoping. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, meaning it is the, the proof that what you want, what you desire, what you believe for, what you hope for, it will come to pass. Amen? But this book, you've got to know where the Spirit of God is leading you, how he's directing you, how he's uh, going to direct your faith. He's got a specific plan for your life. On that plan is the plan of success. Amen? So we're reading this together this month, How You Can Be Led. That is one of the best books, I think, ever written, and it will absolutely change your life. You want a life-changing book? Don't look for the most inspirational title. You look for the one that tells you how you can do what God says you can do. I just want to know how I can do it. He's told me I can do it. How do I do it? Teach me. Don't just motivate me. Teach me. Amen? Show me. Um, so along those lines, let's turn, if you would, go with me in the scripture. We were on this subject of how to be led. I'm going to stay in this vein. We, I don't want to revisit things too much because I've got a lot for this morning that I want to try to be able to get out in one teaching. Um. We have been talking about following the spirit of God. We talked about protecting your spirit, the importance of your spirit, because uh, if we don't value and, and make important, uh, if we value our mind more than we value our spirit, we're, we're in a ditch. We're not walking with God. We're walking. Uh, he didn't recreate. When you receive Jesus, he didn't recreate your mind. He recreated your spirit. I need to walk from here from this divine holy place. Amen. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I want to walk out of the hope of glory. How about you? Amen. So we talked about, um, we addressed really the last time we were together, we addressed the flesh, right? Uh, and that if we want to see direct, receive direction for our life, we need to be able to receive correction for our life. And what is Correction. Our flesh, we're, we're dealing with this, the, the carnal nature, this, this body one day, you won't have it anymore. You will still be very much alive, just like you are right now, but you're going to have a new body. We're going to be raised up. This is what we were singing about this morning. He's coming back one glorious day. And whether it's tomorrow or in a hundred years, I don't know when, but I know this, this body's not lasting forever, but my spirit man will. Eternity with him. So I need to place a, a greater importance on who I am on the inside than what I got going on the outside. I'm not saying this isn't important, that you don't need to take care of it. But what I am saying is if in our thinking our body is more important than our spirit, the value is on the body, then you're going to have to live by whatever comes to your body. However your body looks, however it feels, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live by that because it changes from day to day. I want consistency in my life. Um, so we talked about uh, that a value is set by three things. And when we value our spirit, we recognize the value that we can use it, the gift of eternal life, which we've received in it, and how much it costs to recreate it. It cost Jesus 
It cost the father's only son. It cost his blood. It cost great suffering. So I need to value uh, what's on the inside of me and look to that. Amen? Uh, we will always, you, you can go to people who don't know God and they'll, they'll value some sign or symbol, right? That they see on the side of a mountain, right? Um, the clouds parted or, you know, a fleece that they put out that, oh God, I believe God was really talking. They'll value uh, these signs and they'll value these voices and they'll, the world even values, uh, many of them even value and, and revere people who are ministers or priests or those who represent God. There's a value there. Uh, they, they will value uh, what God is to them. But how about this, when God said uh, that my spirit will bear witness with your spirit, how about we put the value on what we've got going on the inside? Not just, we all will value God's voice, but what about the place that we hear that voice? He said, I'm not speaking to you anymore out here. We're not doing fleeces. We're not speaking through prophets the way we, I used to. You don't have to come through somebody. He said, I'm coming to you, not through somebody. I'm going to come to you. Um, so we've, we, we established that. If I receive leadings in my spirit, then it matters what else I receive into my spirit. It matters. How much time I invest in my own spirit is the value I see in protecting it. Now, this morning, we talked, oh, let me go over this. We talked about um, time with God is not turning God up, but it's turning life down. Oftentimes, we struggle to hear from him, not because he's not talking, but because everything else is too loud for us to hear him. Have you had that where you're talking to your children talking to your spouse and the TV is up too loud? How about instead of everybody raising their volume, we turn what's interfering with that. Too many times we're trying to read the lips of God and hearing the voice of God. We're, we're, I, I know he's talking, but we're too busy, we're too distracted, too much social media, too much TV, too much work, too much, too much, too much. Life is too loud. He's always, he said, I am bearing witness. Not on occasion, my spirit is bearing witness. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That, that, that candle never goes out. Never goes out. Uh, but we are trying to you know, you see somebody, everything's too loud, you had a football game, and you got to, you're trying to listen, but you gotta read their, read their mouth. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. Everything up so high, but we're still trying to hear from him. But our mind is too busy, too distracted, too much going on. He's speaking. Sunday's not speaking. We're not in a position of listening. So, we talked about turning life down, turning the flesh down. You can't hear because the volume of the mind and the flesh are up too loud. Um, we said this, we shouldn't always be living by warnings, but we should be living by wisdom. 
We, we find ourselves in a position where we're not listening, we're not following, we get ourselves into difficulties, we find ourselves faced with storms and tests and trials, and now we want to reach out, uh, or the warning comes, and the Holy Ghost all the time was speaking words of wisdom. He's got wisdom to direct your path and to lead us and to guide us and to navigate us through difficulties or around difficulties. But we'd rather maybe live by a, a warning sign instead of by the wisdom of God, a flow of walking with him, a flow of, I, I want to live where wisdom is coming up out of my spirit. I'm drawing that wisdom out every day instead of waiting till I get in a bind and then get an answer and then get diverted and then, you know, I gotta take two steps or five steps around, you know, when I could have just taken two steps forward. We've all been there. Well, now I got to go, you know, we're going to get around this. We're going to get through this. But I could have heard clearly taken a couple steps forward with the wisdom of God instead of having to get a couple warnings and, you know, corrections and dealings with and seeing the word, oh, yeah, I missed that. Uh, Father, I realized I was doing my own thing. I wasn't being led. And now I'm going to go, you know, God is merciful. He's not asking you to go through and suffer with difficulties. But he's also trying to divert divert you around them. Um, so, the inward man helps you to not only be led right, but it helps you to live right. Remember, we talked about that. He wants us, the inward man wants you to uh, not only be led right, but to help you live right. We talked about not making excuses and allowance for our body. If you do it in one area, you'll do it in another. Um, this morning, we're going to talk about the subject of simple subject, something that we don't talk about much around here, renewing the mind. <laughs> well, I know about renewing the mind. All right. Then you come up here and preach. <laughs> This is an ongoing process for all of us. It doesn't stay renewed. That's why it's called renew. You were made brand new, but your mind has to renew. You're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. This is three parts of man. This is getting older. This needs to get newer every day. And this is always brand new. <laughs> Amen? Says we go brighter and brighter. And on the inside of us, our future is bright on the inside of you. Everything. God is so uh, wonderful that he put his own spirit in us. So that's never getting old. It's not aging. It's always in fellowship with his spirit. Uh, one day when, we're, when we get out of here and we leave this place, we're going to look so good and lie. I mean, everything, all the weight of, of everything lifted. I mean, is that new, new recreated spirit's going to live with him for eternity. But right now we've got something to deal with, our body and our mind. So this is brand new. This is to be renewed and this is getting older. All right. We, can we settle that? We're all, we're all getting older, right? This needs to be renewed every day. Um, we discipline the flesh. Now I want you to listen here because the world teaches discipline for the mind. I'm not against that. We discipline the flesh, but we renew the mind. 
You cannot just, oh, I'm gonna discipline my mind. I'm gonna discipline. Yeah, there is a discipline to the mind to not think on wrong things, but if you'll renew it, you don't have to focus so hard at disciplining it. The world talks about, I'm gonna discipline my mind. I'm gonna discipline my mind. You discipline your mind to, to play harder, to work harder, to think harder, to stay more focused. God made it very simple. If you just get in his word and renew it and take his thoughts, you don't have to discipline the mind so hard and so aggressively. You gotta discipline the flesh. The flesh will scream at you. The flesh wants to go off in the ditch, right? Do its own thing. The flesh wants to feel good. The flesh wants to be satisfied. Uh, The flesh wants to get around people that satisfy it, pet it, you know? Oh, poor Jakey. <laughs> Nanny Cake, yeah. She, she took another $20. We have to console Jake because my daughter's won probably about 100 bucks off you right now. Yeah. Um, the flesh is always looking for somebody to make it feel good. And the mind is always wanting relief. It just wants relief. I, I just gotta get this pressure off my mind. So I get this pressure. I gotta get this answer. I gotta get this. If I can just have more money, if I can just, get, just take care of this pain. God is not saying that you gotta discipline your mind to stay so focused and to push past. That's what the world teaches. You just push past the pain. You, you, it's mind over matter. No, it's not. If you'll take the word of God and get in his presence and renew your mind, just take his thoughts every day. You don't have to fight so hard you know, to keep the wrong things out, put the right things in. The wrong things won't, ha- there's no room for the wrong when the right things get put in. We discipline the flesh, we buffet. Paul said, I buffet my body, I subdue it, but we renew the mind. Amen? The mind is not to be left alone or empty, but the making new of the mind shows up in the transformed life. Go with me if you would. Romans chapter 12, verse one. In case you didn't know, we've not, maybe you've not seen this scripture. I want to show you in the word of God. The mind is like a vehicle. This is the, the, the best example I can give. The mind is like the vehicle that's permanently out of alignment. Have you ever had a vehicle that's like just permanently out of alignment? Always pulls to the right. How many of you say that? I've had one of those. Yeah. Always pulls one direction. What do you do? You keep the steering wheel. There's always an effort you're making to right that. This is what the mind is. It's the part of us that always wants to go out of alignment. It's always gonna pull, wanna pull towards the body. It's always gonna want uh, to be consoled and petted. And oh, you know, I, I, I just, you know, if I could just have this, if I could just be able to do that, if I could just say what I wanna say, right? If I could just answer back one more time. <laughs> if I can just be justified. What is it? It's always pulling you. The mind is always gonna wanna pull you out of alignment with the word of God. It's never gonna line up unless you do something about it. You grab that steering wheel and you consciously, you can make it to your destination, but it's it's gonna take an effort, right? We want what God has, but we wanna make no effort. 
He said all uh, that he has provided, every, if, if um, on the inside of us is the eternal hope of glory, that means everything that he is, everything that's eternal, all of his goodness, all of his wonderful, everything, he's, he is goodness, he is mercy, he is provision, he is healing. He said, I put it in you. He did it. He finished it. It was a finished work. But why is it that it can't come? Why is it that we're not living by what we know is on the inside of us? One reason, our mind. It's not that you need uh, a different spirit. It's that you need a new mind, a renewed mind. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse one, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. That's a pretty hearty introduction to this chapter. I appeal, I beg, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service in spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after or adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal, there's that word, renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So the mind, if you look at it as a vehicle, permanently out of alignment, it's always wanting to pull towards the flesh. Then that means daily reading and listening to the word is me with both hands on the steering wheel. I can't go a day. What happens when you take your hands off that steering wheel? If it's pulling, it's going. <laughs> if it's pulling, you're running. You know what happens too? You, you get a vehicle out of alignment, you're not just gonna hurt you, you're gonna hurt somebody else. <coughs> you're now gonna affect other people on that road with you. Parents, you have people on the road of life with you in your car. If you don't take an every day, renew your mind and train your children how to renew their mind. I'm not talking being legalistic, but show them a renewed, renewed thinking, not an emotional life, not a, I, got, I, I need somebody to feel, make me feel better. You know, we're not looking to our spouse to pick us up and pet us and, you know, be our, our sword. God is my sword. I can't go a day without the word of God, something coming in so I can grab a hold of that steering wheel and keep, our, keep us in the, we gotta stay in the middle of the road. Why? Because there is a plan, a good, acceptable, and perfect. You know, you can drive on the shoulder and still make it to your destination. That's not the perfect way to drive. You can drive in the middle of the road and still make it. You're gonna be swerving, you're gonna be panicked, you're gonna, this is the difference between the good, acceptable, and perfect. The middle of the road is the perfect plan, perfect will of God. I'm in between the lines. Nothing's in front of me. This is what we call running our race. Stay in your lane. Only way to stay in that lane is to renew that mind because it's always pulling. It's never going to be automatically in alignment with the will of God. 
the plan of God. Um, go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I want to point something out here I was meditating on. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23. And after he had dismissed the multitudes, who's that? That's Jesus. It says, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was still there alone, but the boat was by this time out on the sea. He had sent his disciples ahead of him. Many furlongs, a furlong is one eighth of a mile distant from the land, beaten and tossed by the waves for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch between three and 6 a.m. of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them saying, take courage, I am, stop being afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened. And as he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me from death. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and caught and held him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I want you to see here something that I really had not seen with this before, but just in meditating on this subject, um, Peter sees Jesus as the disciples do. He says, Lord, bid me to come. The wind and the waves were already going. It says they were already being beat that because the wind was coming at them. So he steps out amidst difficult conditions. Uh, it wasn't like conditions were perfect and then he stepped out and everything you know, disrupted. Things were already difficult. He was not paying attention. Look, he was not paying attention to the conditions that were going on around him. Once he saw Jesus, we could say it, and this is a man whose spirit has not been renewed. You've not been made brand new. I mean, once he set his mind on Jesus, what did he do? He set his eyes. This is the importance of the word. Put your eyes on the scripture. Put your eyes on the scripture. Put your eyes on the word. Put your eyes, not just your ears, you put your eyes on the word of God. Why? He put his eyes on Jesus. He didn't just hear him in the dark. Jesus, is that you I hear? Jesus, God, God doesn't work in the dark. He only works in the light. He saw him. He saw him. This is the importance of taking our mind. When we renew our mind, we need to put our eyes. Don't let somebody just read it to you. Don't just do an audible. I'm not against that. I'm not saying it's wrong uh, to listen to, to the word being preached, but you gotta take every day and put your eyes on the word of God. He put his eyes, when he, when he fixed his eyes, he saw Jesus. He said, if that's you, tell me to come. Faith came in his heart for him to step out on the water himself. There's already wind and waves. He gets out, he starts walking. What happened between the boat and Jesus? He got his, not, not, uh, not his faith was 
His faith didn't change, but his attention changed. His attention. Faith is in your heart. You can have faith in your heart, but your attention on the wrong thing, and you get off. It wasn't that uh, the wind and the waves, and this is what I want us to understand. It wasn't that the wind and the waves took him down. They didn't, they didn't sink him. His wrong attention sunk him. People think the wind and the waves started beating against him. It didn't say the wind pushed him over. It doesn't say the wave came and knocked him over. It said when he looked in the wrong direction, what happened? He took his mind off of Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. He took his mind off the word. When he took his mind off the word, everything else that was going on around him took him. What happened? He got out of alignment. And he, it says he began to sink. The lack of money doesn't take you down. It's your attention on the lack of money that takes you down. For a believer, sickness never kills them. It didn't take them out. It's their attention on the sickness that took their life. If you don't have enough money, stop looking at what you don't have and look at who's, who's enough. The word of God is enough. If the word of God was enough for Peter to walk on water, I'm pretty sure whatever need you have, whatever expense you have, whatever desire you have, whatever dream you have is not big enough than a man defying all science. I'm not against science, but science, you can't walk on water. See, God defies everything that natural man, that the mind, the natural mind of man can even formulate. So my husband says, it doesn't matter what's under the microscope. See, when you're looking, what happened? He, He magnified Jesus in that walk. And as soon as he took his eyes off of the greater one, what did he say? I am. As soon as he took his eyes off of I am, all of a sudden there's wind and waves. It's a lot, not the lack of money that, that makes a man broke, takes his house away from him. You know what I mean? Puts him in financial hardship. Stop thinking, I need more money. He didn't need the wind and the waves to cease. He stepped out when they were already going. It's not about, I need more this, I need more that, I need to feel better, I need, you know, more opportunity. I need a better this, I need a better that. All of that is external, and the mind wants to get out of alignment. If you'll fix your eyes on the word of God, renewing your mind, you can be like Peter. You can walk on the water when everything against you, everything says you can't do that. Everyone says, no, that's not gonna work. So we can see by Peter's example, it was not the wind and the waves that caused him to begin to sink and to fail. It was his attention on the wind and the waves. That means today with whatever need you came in with, if you start setting your attention on the word of God, immediately you're gonna start rising to the top. I love something I heard uh, uh, Bill Winston uh, say here recently. He said, talking about Noah, when the flood, when the flood waters started rising, so did he. When the flood waters came up, so did he. This is the life of, why? Noah had for 100 years renewed his mind and thought God's thoughts and followed God's plan. 
So when the water started coming up and sinking everybody else, he started rising. It's not the lack of money. He didn't, Noah didn't go, well, if we just didn't have this rain, wouldn't be the problem. He didn't need a lack of rain. You don't need uh, your circumstances to change today so that you can rise to the top. I rise with the word of God, the renewing of my mind. I get myself into alignment with the word. My path is straight. Amen. It's true anyway. (laughs) The wind didn't blow him over, didn't take him out. His thoughts and attention had given him the cause to sink. That was why he sank. His attention got off the wrong, the word of God. Uh, go with me if you would, 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. What does the Bible say? Um, I'd said to his, my people are destroyed for lack of what? Knowledge. Lack of knowledge. What is knowledge? Renewing of the mind. Translate simply, renewing of the mind. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge, say the knowledge, knowledge. of God. My people are destroyed for lack of what? Knowledge. knowledge. That means something, the enemy's gonna look to bring thoughts that are gonna exalt themselves, circumstances he can uh, manipulate and control to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Taking every thought captive. One translation reads, we, listen to this. Now this is not something God does. This is what we do. Say, I do this. We demolish, one translation reads, we demolish arguments that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. When was the last time you you demolished an argument that came to your mind that told you you're not gonna have enough? You're never gonna get healed? Your family history is gonna dictate how long you live? This is what the doctor said. When are we gonna become skillful at demolishing the thoughts that exalt themselves up over with long life he'll satisfy me? He is my great supply. He is the great physician. Jesus, the wonderful physician. The reason we don't know him as a great physician the the way he is is because of the renewing of our mind. We've not renewed our mind to the prescriptions that the physician has provided. This is the prescription that the great physician has provided for you. But we will read every detail of every prescription that that doctor, we will research, we will look into it, we'll know the side effects, and we will ask for another pill for the side effects of the side effects of the side effects. Why? Because we're going to renew our mind to man's way. What do we have? Our attention is on the wind and the waves. On the wind and the waves. Blowing to and fro. Tossing us to and fro. Isn't that similar to the story? The man who built his house on the rock. What happened? The winds came. The storm. Those are two parallel examples. What did, Peter, what did Jesus say to Peter? Upon this rock. 
all the word of God, it, it so um, testifies and prophesies of itself. Look at the, man, the one who built his house. He said, you'll build this house, your house. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock. Who did he say that to? He said it to Peter. What did Peter do? Peter did what Jesus talked about. The wind and the waves are gonna come, but the one that's looking at my word, that's how you build your house. You don't need to build anything new on the inside of you. It's all in there. You gotta rebuild this. Amen? says we demolish arguments. That's what you have to do with wrong thoughts. Demolish them. Don't live with them. Uh, don't don't um, appease them. Demolish them. Faith does not flow or exist in the mind of man, but rather the mind is the gatekeeper that allows faith to flow from the heart and to be released. We're going to save that for later. Um, for probably for next week. Think about this. Abraham and Sarah, things were far less complicated for their lives before their minds got involved. What happened when Abraham and Sarah, their mind got involved? They got a child that was not blessed of the blessing, right? And it created a whole lot of issues. Do we really want to get our minds involved in our situations? No, no. I, I really would like to keep my mind out of the things that I need, the things that I'm believing for. Amen? Go to Proverbs chapter four. I think it's so important to see over and over again what the word has to say. It's not that we're not only renewing our minds to the word, but we're looking at what the word of God says about our mind. Proverbs chapter four. Verse 23. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. For out of it flow the springs of life. There is a, um, a translation that reads quite simply, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. They do. They do. We, there's so little teaching in, I'm talking about in the body of Christ as a whole. Not, we see, this is why divorce is rampant among Christians. Sickness. That's why Jesus the healer is so important. Pastor Nancy's not just preaching healing. We're not just preaching healing. We're preaching the whole of man. Everything that touches your life. The love of God that's on the inside. If it doesn't flow out, you're gonna ruin your life. Destroy your home. Amen? But it says here, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Your heart does not automatically run your life. Your thoughts do. Your mind is gonna determine either you're gonna go with your flesh or you're gonna agree with your heart. And the only way you can successfully agree with your heart is if you think the way God thinks. The heart will always agree with God and it cannot be corrupted. This heart cannot be corrupted unless your mind allows it. The enemy will bring thoughts to corrupt, interrupt, and change your vision so that you will start to imagine an outcome that your father never intended for you. This is what he did with Peter. The wind and the waves blew, and what did he do? He started imagining, what's gonna happen to me now? 
What's gonna happen to me now? What did I do? Here I am. Where am I really going? What am I doing? I'm walking on the water, but there's a storm. The wind is blowing. He started imagining an unintended outcome for himself. This is what the enemy wants to do with your mind. He wants to bring one thought so that you will change the way you think. You change your vision, alter your vision, interrupt the flow of faith coming from you. That's what he'll do. You'll, one day you're speaking the word, and if you don't put that word back in, one thought will interrupt that flow of faith. And now you're already meditating on an unintended outcome that he never, he never had in, in store for you. You'll see yourself sick, dying, broke, uh, you know, everything gone. Now go with me, go to Jeremiah. We know this scripture. It's quoted so much, my goodness. But I want you to look at something here. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. He's... That's why we have to take every thought captive that comes against Christ. The enemy will never bring you a thought that's going to bless and encourage you in the things of God. Remember, we talked about on Tuesday, if you were here, this is the battleground, okay? The mind, Pastor Nancy's taught us, the mind is the battleground. You're not gonna fight, fight a fight in here. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You, this is where the, the fight is. The devil wants you to stay right here. He wants you to stay with every thought. What am I gonna do? Where's it gonna come from? When is this gonna work? How am I gonna fix it? I could do this. I could move this here. If we just moved, if we sold our house, if we you know, went to this doctor, if we went to this specialist, you know, if I could just get somebody to talk to him, if I could just get this, and what are we doing? We are living in the imaginations. Dwelling on imaginations. Trying to figure out how to solve the imaginations. He wants you to stay there. Spinning your wheels like the rat on the hamster on the wheel. Over and over and over and turning it over and over. That's why you have to take, take those thoughts captive. Take them captive. Because it's trying to get you to believe an unintended outcome. God never intended for you to end up Discouraged, broke, sick, diseased, and out of his plan. But our thoughts will carry, remember, out of alignment. If you keep on that, you will get out of alignment. So everything, that wheel will jerk so hard. How many of you have caught yourself? I've caught myself. You know, one minute, the, the faith is released. We're praising God. We're rejoicing. And then the next minute, I'm drifting, I'm drifting, I'm drifting. And before you go, oh my gosh, I've been thinking on this thought way too long. <laughs> the word of God hasn't, has yet to be really um, taken, renewing the mind. We, we've gotta get to the point. Again, we're not, we're not disciplining and fighting in the mind, but it's a flow of our life. That what is on the inside of us, our mind agrees. That the, the answer is so alive on the inside of us that any op opposing thought that comes, we just, I mean, it just spills out of us. We're so full. Amen. We're so full of the word. We're so, we think God's thoughts. So look here. 
Along those lines, he said, verse 11, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. I know the thoughts. What did he say? My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. They're higher. We can't settle for lower thoughts. It'll take us lower, pull us down. So we've got to take the higher thoughts. It says here, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you a hope in your final outcome. But look before this, what he tells Jeremiah. He said in verse eight, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your false prophets and your uh, diviners who are in your midst deceive you. Pay, look at this, pay no attention. Say that, pay no attention. And attach no significance to your dreams which you dream or to theirs. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Look at that. He deals with them first. Why? Because the enemy can bring dreams. He said, I have thoughts for you. Pay no attention because they're not following me. They don't agree with me. They're not hearing from me. He even went so far as to say, Jeremiah, don't even believe the dreams you have. Why? Because this is the battleground. This is where the enemy is going to attack first. So he said, so we can quote all day, God, I know the plans you have for me. They're wonderful plans. They're plans to bless. They're, they're, I thank you, Father, for the plans that you have for my life. I know they're good plans. They're wonderful plans. That's fine to encourage yourself in that. But before that, he told him something. He said, don't listen to the dreams. Don't touch them. Don't turn them over. Pay no attention. What is he saying? Jeremiah, you're gonna have to do something with your mind. Because clearly, they're gonna all have something to say about what's going on. The enemy is gonna bring dreams and thoughts. I don't care if he wakes you up in the middle of the night. Um, you can get to a place, how renewed was Peter's mind when he got thrown into prison and he went to bed? That is when you know you're walking in another level of renewal. How do you sleep? How do you eat, <laughs> right? How do you talk to other people? We get short with others because we're low in the word. We get short with others, we, we get temperamental. Why? Because we can fear, feel ourselves drifting. And that anxiety is there in the drift. Anxious people are unhappy, anxious, I'm talking about anxious, anxious people in general, but anxious believers, why? Because we were not called, and there, there's, there's not an anointing on us to carry anxiety. Yes. Not an anointing to carry the load. When he says, cast the whole of your care, you cast it, but then you do something because the care is gonna try to show back up. This is what he said. I know the plans I have for you. Now, don't listen to any dreams. Don't listen, don't even pay attention to your own. Pay no attention. Why? Because those are gonna come to your mind. I love that. He told him, don't even address what comes to, just pay no attention to what comes to your mind. You can get to that place where you're so full of the word, something comes to your mind, you don't even pay attention to it. Starting out, it's gonna be maybe a little bit of an effort. What is that called? Answer it. If you don't have that book, get it. <laughs> that's a different, that's, same subject, different sermon, okay? Verse 
uh, 29, 8 through 9, pay no attention and attach no significance to your dreams, which dream or to theirs. What he just simply saying, don't give any significance to your own thoughts. He said, I know the thoughts I have for you and I know the plans I have for you. Take those. Don't go. What did he tell Joshua? Same exact thing. Meditate in my word day and night. You know, you can't motivate yourself into courage. When he said to Joshua, be courageous. We, we want to preach courage. Want to preach, preach being courageous. Tell everybody, be courageous. But he told somebody in that scripture, Joshua, he said, meditate in my word day and night. Courage comes from the renewing of the mind. It doesn't come from motivation. It doesn't come from hyping yourself up. Courage does not come, uh, you know, because you got the right friend group. You know what I mean? You're in a, a prayer chain, a text chain. I don't know. Whatever people do. Right? Courage doesn't come because you listen to the right podcast and somebody's motivating you to get out there and be the best person you can be. You don't get courage. Man can't bring divine courage. Man cannot provide divine courage. He said, if you're gonna walk in my plan, told Joshua, we can walk in my plan. If you're gonna take hold what I've already provided for you, you need divine courage. So you meditate in my word day and night because your thoughts are gonna have, just as Peter stepped out on the water, same thing, what was Joshua doing? He was stepping out on the water. Parents, this can be the danger of always asking your children, this is very popular right now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take a side note, so just stay with me. It's very popular nowadays to ask, well, how do you feel? Ask your children how they feel. Mm. Do, do, do we all have feelings? Yes, we do. Um, if you're in that flow and that school of thinking of asking your children always, well, how did you feel about this? You know, we talk about when I had come home from the doctor after surgery and my kids like, like stood against the wall. They were like this, you know what I mean? Cause like, I can't, it's the anesthesia. You can't, I can't stand up. can't hold my head up. I can't do, I can barely keep my eyes open. And they were just like, you know, Baird didn't talk to me for 24 hours. 24 hours. <laughs> Bubby was right there. What, what, mommy, what can I get you? What can I do? And Annie Kate would just stand there and just, <laughs> she didn't know what to think. But I didn't go to my kids and ask, well, how did you feel about, you know, you know, I'm just using, it doesn't matter. Power God's working in my body. This is what we're going to do. You know what? Supernaturals, you know, everything, everything of that circumstance, I could see what they were feeling on their face. You don't need to ask your kids, how do you feel? But what you're doing is you're allowing their thought life to be out of, their life out of alignment, out of alignment, out of, you're teaching them, it's okay, honey, go ahead and veer a little bit into those emotions, into those feelings. Faith is not coming from that realm. And come from that. Don't ever ask yourself, well, how do I feel about this person? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how I feel about somebody. Doesn't matter how I feel about your boss. Doesn't matter how you feel about. Because the devil will always interject a thought. 
connected to a feeling, connected to failure. This is how it goes. Thoughts connects you. Connects you. There's one thought. What does he do? He's trying, he says here, uh, uh, right? God's thoughts lead us into his plan, which his plan is plans to prosper, success. Amen? So parents, we cannot fall into this that we are being um, progressive in our parenting. We're doing things better. Boy, I could really, (laughs) whoo. The trauma, how about trauma? Can we all, can we all say that? You know, I'm not saying we haven't been through things, right? I'm not, I'm not. But if you can't look around and a, A plane crash wouldn't be traumatic. And yet here we are, full of joy, paid off building, airplane on the way. I mean, come on now. Another network, ask her, go on TV. And we want to discuss trauma? No, we don't. No, we don't. The word of God is the answer to every traumatic event in your life. Everything. I'm not here putting you down. I'm building you up saying, listen, I don't care who did what to you. I don't care where you've been, what you've seen, what you've heard, what kind of home you were brought up in. You have to renew your mind. I'm in a new family. I'm in a new home. Stop going to your feelings. Parents, we cannot let our kids, this is real bad, real, real bad, <laughs> to allow uh, over-emotionalism. You know, ask my kids, they can come. If they're upset about something, they're frustrated about something. But I know what the word of God says. It says we are being trained as good soldiers. I don't think soldiers get to consult how they feel when they are standing their ground against the enemy. Raise soldiers strong. Strength doesn't come because you have warm and fuzzy feelings. <laughs> Strength comes because you don't deal, consult your feelings. I have them, but they don't direct me. I have them, but they don't lead me. Amen? Can I, okay, let, let's, let me say how the Holy Ghost said it. Most thoughts don't need to be processed. They need to be put down. Stop processing and put it down. Stop processing and put it down. I need to process this. I need to process this. I need to process this. Stop processing because you'll never get out of the process. Don't you think the enemy wants you to stay in the process? If you stay in process, you'll never progress. I'm always processing, always processing, processing this trauma, processing that, process, process, blah, 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 blah. yeah, 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 yeah. We have things we've got to deal with. There's things, there, there is, 
There has been, been nights, I remember, I mean, it felt like every, every demon in hell lived in my house. You know, you get the kids to bed and he's going and doing stuff. And I mean, I, I am just weeping in the family room, you know, just crying out to God. Why? I, I, I'm not gonna go cry to somebody. I, I, I look up because that is where my help comes from. If you're used to sitting in somebody's office and crying tears that has absolutely no answer from the word of God whatsoever and keeps you cycling back, they're taking your money and you're giving it to them. Save your money. Get in the word of God. I'm not, I am not against people helping. There's people who come in my office. They need help getting, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you the word so that you can on your own Stand up and take thought, those thoughts captive. You stand on your own two feet instead of leaning on somebody as a crutch that keeps you in that process. Processing this, processing that, processing. Most thoughts don't need to be processed. They need to be put down. They need a mind that starts building on the word instead of cycling back through the past. We teach ourselves how to build on the word, amen? amen. I, I'm not, I'm, I hope you understand my heart. I want, I want for you what God said to Joshua. Take courage. Go take the land. Stop living where everybody's lived for the past 40 years. And what did they do? They went in circles. They went in circles. They were the example, the physical example of what it means to go back around. And what did they do? They just kept raising up idols. And then they get it right. And then they raise back the idol again. What is that? The idol, because the idol they could see and it made them feel good. Why do, why do people raise up idols? Because it feels, it brings a feeling. We want something we can see and touch and feel. You can't see God. So what do we do? We gotta look at his word. This is how we know who he is. I just want victory. I don't want struggle for you anymore. Or you bound by emotions and feelings and things that have happened to you. You can't be completely free of that and you never even touch it again. Did they or did they not? They, they, they never, that generation who walked in the word of God, I'm talking about Joshua's generation, they never went back to captivity. But what happened? They start raising up idols again. And here they go, 70 years, you know, back in captivity. Why? Because they wanted to feel something. They wanted to cry at something. They wanted to burn it, you know. It's all about something in front of them. Devil will always bring a thought and put it in front of you. Are you going to take it captive, pull it down? Or are we going to live with it and jump in that cage with it? Don't let the devil talk you out of in your mind what God has already brought you into. Do you believe you're free or not? Then what he'll do is he'll bring up your past. He'll bring up thoughts. He'll, he will continually bring thoughts to you. So what was going to happen is God's brought you into something and the devil's going to talk you right out of that place he brought you into. 
I'm not saying you're trying to get into that place. I'm saying you are in that place. That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. Don't let the devil talk you out of what God has already brought you into. You're in it. Say, I'm in it. I'm in healing. I'm in prosperity. I'm in faith. I'm in peace. I'm in love. I'm in joy. I'm in freedom. Now, don't let a thought come and talk you out of being there. Renew your mind so you can take them captive instead of it taking you captive. That is success. Because no matter what comes to you, if you're skillful in this, I don't care if you you need a million dollars, you can have it. You can have it. You can lay hold of it. If you need it, he supplied it. Just settle that right now. We're settling that. If, if I need it, he supplied it. Well, how do I know? Because I, I found it in the word of God. I, I've got to do like Peter did. And I've got to keep my eyes on the word made flesh. So if a, a, a wind of need comes, a wind, a wave of symptom. What about a wave of symptoms? That wave comes. It doesn't matter. I'm right here. I'm right here. My attention is on you. My attention is on him. And I gave plenty of scriptural references this morning. So if you wrote those down, I would encourage you, go back and read those this week. You say, how does this uh, pertain to being led by the spirit of God? Because we can't be led by our spirits if our minds are telling us where to go, what to feel, what to do, and every which way to think. We can't. The children of Israel, they lived by what they thought of God not who he was. To Moses, he was the great I am. But to the people, you know, what was he? He failed us. He brought us here to die. Look at it. He brought us, what were they saying? He brought us to another need. Well, hasn't he already? My God, the guy gave him, God gave you back all your stuff. You know what I mean? As a sign to us, he gave us everything. That was a symbol that everything that the enemy took from you has been given back to you. So don't let him talk you out of your rightful place. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I wasn't too harsh. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God doesn't struggle with feelings and emotions. He's a mighty God. He's a wonder-working God. You can have wonders worked in your life every single day. Amen? Next week, we're going to talk about that. Getting the mind again, it'll go a little bit different direction, but that the faith that's on the inside of us so we can get that faith, what do we do and what does that look like? What does the relationship between the mind and the spirit look like with our faith life? If the Holy Ghost uh, uh, allows, we're gonna go that direction. So we're gonna start taking this, following our spirit, following the spirit of God now into the direction of faith for our lives. Amen? Amen. Stand with me to your feet this morning. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.